Welcome to the Max Bernier Show. Here's the leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxime Bernier. Welcome to the Max Bernier Show. Today, we will have a discussion about children's lives being destroyed by the trans lobby. I will have as a guest Ezra, Ezra Levent. We will have a discussion about freedom of speech in our country. The song is not perfect, but it's a great interview. And we will end the show with our political circus. We have a dangerous situation developing in Canada. If you are a parent with a minor child, it is now possible that you cannot prevent them from having their gender medically changed against your wishes. In BC, the law allows children to make medical decisions without parental consent. Minors who are not old enough to frequent bars, vote, or drive a car can decide to be treated with powerful drugs and undergo surgeries that cause permanent damage. There are more and more such cases. Children are now being taught in school that gender is fluid, that they may actually be a boy in a girl's body or a girl in a boy's body. Many of these kids may simply be gay or lesbian and will later regret having undergone these treatments. And if parents protest or want to speak publicly about this insane situation to fight the process or inform the public, they can be silenced by the courts. If others talk about it, post online or make videos, they too can be targeted by the courts. Meanwhile, there is a movement supported by the Trudeau government to ban any type of counseling or psychological therapy that try to change the, the child's mind instead of changing their body. It's unbelievable. The trans lobby has gone too far. They are destroying lives. Biological reality parental rights and freedom of speech are being trampled on. Adults should be able to do what they want, but children must be protected from this monstrous experiment. My guest today is Ezra Levent. I'm sure most of you know him pretty well. This is my first show on YouTube. But Ezra has been doing this for many years and is one of the most famous Canadian personalities on the internet. He founded the Rebel Media website and YouTube channel in 2015. Rebel News has more than 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube. Ezra is an entrepreneur, a writer, a media personality. He was a publisher of the Western Standard and also a columnist for the Sun Media, and he hosted a daily program on the Sun News Network a couple of years ago. Ezra, welcome to the show. You're my first guest, and I'm very pleased that you are with us. Well, thank you, and congratulations to you on this new venture. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, we can um, have a discussion about a lot of subject with you, uh, but I want to focus on uh, free speech and uh, freedom of the press. Uh, I know that uh, you had a couple of days ago uh, when you published your book, you had the visit of the RCMP officials working for the Trudeau government. Mm -hmm. I want to speak about that. But before speaking about that, 
Um, I want to look at the big portrait of free speech in this country. Um, 25 years ago, uh, I thought it was not like that. Uh, you know, what hap what's happening right now on university campuses, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a place when you debate ideas. And I think it is not the case anymore. Uh, sometimes some people are deplatformed when they want to go to a place and have a debate. They don't want them. And so we're not able, when I'm saying we, people from the right who believe in freedom and personal responsibility, to have uh, debates. I'll give you an example as well. I was in a show in Quebec, uh, Radio Télé-Québec in French yesterday, and you received an email from uh, uh, leftists and saying, why are you having Maxim at your show? Mm -hmm. And because, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. they have some pressure like that and some media are listening to the radical leftists and they don't give us a platform. So what do you think about what happened the last 25 years? Is it worse than it was before? Much worse. 25 years ago when I was in university, everyone loved having debates. All the political parties debated each other. It was sort of expected that you would show up at the debate and have at it. Slowly that changed. Now we have a cancel culture, a deplatforming culture. And the other side, and it's usually leftists, I don't see a lot of conservatives or libertarians trying to deplatform their opponents. Yeah. It's almost universally a leftist tactic. It's a it's a Leninist tactic. It's easier for them to uh, pull a fire alarm or get someone banned through a Twitter mob than to debate them. It's it's lazy and it dehumanizes opponents by saying you are no longer in the spectrum of accepted opinion. About a dozen years ago, when I published the Danish cartoons of yes. Mohammed in the Western Standard Magazine, that was your first controversy. Uh, when I'm saying that, but defending free speech, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And the response um, by the culture in general was very supportive. Um, I probably did 100 media interviews, and 99 of them. Uh, the journalists who talked to me, even liberal journalists, even leftists, even CBC journalists, thought it was outrageous that I would be prosecuted or investigated for that. Yeah. Well, here we are now a dozen years later and two things have changed. First of all, the media itself no longer really believes in uh, free speech, not for views they don't like. And Islam itself has grown so rapidly in Canada that you have the Marxist instinct of censorship added to, oh, you're an Islamophobe. So there's certain subject, transgenderism is another subject, that if you say one word wrong, you'll be canceled. So even a dozen years ago, I think free speech was fairly strong. Today, it's very weak. And I think the Trudeau government senses that, and they want to take advantage of the weakening of the culture to bring in political censorship. Yeah, but uh, speaking about the Trudeau government, uh, what happened recently with the minister Gilbo. Uh, he did an interview, I think it was on CTV, and said, you know, with a new report that is ready to ask the media, the internet media, to ask them to have a license to, to, to be a corporation to, to do their job. But after that, little backlash because of you, because of other people. And he said uh, in another interview that, no, no, he's not looking to regulate uh, uh, media, uh, internet media. But he, he said at the end, he said at the end that we must have, I don't understand what he, how come he said that, but he said we must be sure that we have uh, competent media or something like that. Yeah. Do you think that the Trudeau government 
will go ahead with a kind of regulation on, for media on the internet? Absolutely. Oh. Uh, if you look at uh, Mr. Minister Gilbo's mandate letter from Trudeau, yeah. it has 23 items. The very second one yeah. calls on him to bring in a new censorship regime for social media. And it's very specific. So these are his instructions from the Prime Minister. It's not a mistake Gilbaud made in an interview. It's a deliberate decision by Trudeau. The very second point in his mandate letter is to bring in a new censorship regime for social media. And we also see um, the Justice Minister musing about bringing back uh, the power for the Canadian Human Rights Commission to censor the internet. He hasn't proposed legislation yet, but he's talking about it again. Um, there, there used to be an instinct in the Liberal Party to live up to the word liberal. If you look at its root, it comes from Latin for freedom. Yeah. And civil liberties, libertarians, yeah. they used to have a home in the Liberal Party. I don't see that anymore. Even the non-government organizations like the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, Penn International, Canadian Journalists for Free Expression, Canadian Association of Journalists, there's a lot of them. They've been pretty quiet in the last five years. And I think this is a sad thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing that I think people, uh, people who are watching you and watching uh, what's happening here in this country, uh, I think at the end, they know that something is happening, but we need to be out there and to give them some facts like you just did. Uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's a shame that we have to defend free speech in a free country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I can as a politician and, uh, former member of parliament from both, but as you know now, I'm, I'm the full-time leader of the People's Party of Canada, and our goal is to be uh, back in government as soon as, in, in parliament, as soon as possible. But that being said, I, I had some bad experience with CBC and, and, and Radio Canada. Uh, it's supposed to be, with, with supposed to be very uh, competent journalists, like Wendy Messley. Uh, I did an interview with her a couple of months ago, and she put the kind of a, a conspiration theory that my party was funded by uh, the Koch brothers in the U.S. And as everybody knows that we cannot accept money from the U.S. and it's yeah. only personal donation. Yeah. And, and all the, the 35 minutes with her, it was all behind. So yes, maybe all the right-wing politicians receive money from the Koch brothers in the U.S. Uh, that try to influence politics in Canada. Coming from the CBC, yeah. your expectation is they must be competent. But that was, she was an activist leftist yeah. when she did that. You know, uh, her show really features conspiracy theories all the time. Disinformation. I, I don't even know if that's her own view. I think that's her producer who's a, who goes through every U.S.-based conspiracy theory. I, I, it's a very strange show, but I think there's something you put your finger on. I mentioned the change in the culture, yeah. um, Marxism, cancel culture, Islamophobia, things like that. But there's one more change. The media itself, reporters, journalists, are in personal crisis. So many of them have been laid off, yeah. and the ones who are still working are terrified of being laid off. And they see that the only reliable way that they can stay in business is to work for the CBC or now the bailout newspapers. And so they're all in the back of their minds saying, I don't want to criticize Justin Trudeau too much, and I don't want to stand up for dissidents too much, 
because even if I don't work for the CBC now, I probably will one day. And you can't take money from someone you're reporting about without having it color your judgment. And there's one more thing about that. If you're receiving government money to be a journalist, you know you're safe. In a way, you've already been licensed. You were talking about the licenses. Yeah. So you're fine with the unlicensed journalists being censored. So I think the minds and hearts of thousands of hundreds of working journalists in Canada have been slightly corrupted. They know that if they're in the good graces with Trudeau, they'll be safe, and they don't really care about free speech for dissidents. And what do you think about the, the other traditional media? Do you think in Canada, at the end, we'll have only the CBC? Because now the competition is a little bit unfair with the CTV and other traditional uh, news network. Uh, they receive money from the government, yeah. and also they receive some money from advertising. But it's not the case for CTV and the other. But they will now with the bailout of $60 million. But do you think at the end that in Canada we'll have only the CBC that will be the donated uh, media? I'm, I'm sure that Global and CTV and TVA in Quebec, I don't know all the Quebec media, I'm sure that they will be kept around through government grants and bailouts. Because I, I think that if there was only the CBC left, that would be intolerable. But if you have the fiction, the appearance of diversity, but it's really Tweedledee and Tweedledum, <laughs> if you really, the entire spectrum of opinion from A to B, right. you know, sometimes CTV and Global are just as pro-Trudeau as the CBC is. There's, there's good exceptions in there. I mean, Evan Solomon, who yeah. grilled Stephen Gilboa yeah. the other day, he, he is a notable exception. But he's rare. And I did some interview with him, and I must tell you that, yeah, he's tough, but he's fair. Yeah. And uh, I wish there were more like him, yeah. but there, there aren't. And what's happening is more and more Canadians are clicking. They're voting with their clicks. Mm -hmm. They're surfing to websites they do trust. And as certain subjects are being ruled out of bounds, um, I mentioned a couple of them, talking about radical Islam, mass migration, transgender, uh, cancel culture. These are very sensitive subjects that government journalists don't want to talk about because they'll get in trouble. But ordinary people want to, want to talk about them. You see hijabs and niqabs on the street, they want to talk about it. Is this a threat to feminism? You see uh, a man playing in a girl's sports league saying, I'm a transgender woman. You want to talk about it, especially if you have girls in sports. You want, you want to talk about these things. You don't want to be told you're a hater and, you, and you're illegal. So you'll go to the media that you can at least have a conversation. That's why Rebel News has, has grown. And so now that if the government controls the legacy media, the CRTC media, the bailout newspaper media, but everyone sort of slips away to the internet, obviously Stephen Gilbo and Justin Trudeau want to censor social media because that's where everyone's run to. Yeah. On any given day, More Canadians watch Rebel News than watch CBC's The National. That's according to CBC's last annual report. And we have one-tenth of one percent of their money. Like We have a sliver of their money, but at least we talk about things. Uh, absolutely. So you think there's a big future for media like the Rebel Media and, and True North or the Millenniums and, and these... Uh, internet, YouTube, uh, media, it, it, there's a big future there? Until you're canceled. I have a friend in the United Kingdom who's yeah. controversial. He talks about Islam, he talks about free speech, his name is Tommy Robinson. Yeah. 
And for a while, he was the biggest social media personality in the United Kingdom. He was bigger than their Conservative Party and Labour Party combined. He had over a million followers on Twitter, Facebook, etc. And he was very powerful. And then one day they just flipped the switch and he was gone. Gone from, and gone, he was just shut down. Shut down from Twitter, shut down from Facebook. His YouTube page was hidden. He was kicked off PayPal. So one day you're big, the next day you're a rumor, a memory. And and unlike when I was interrogated for my book, when I was interrogated for publishing the Danish cartoons of Muhammad, at least then I could fight with someone. Yeah. But when someone, bureaucrat in a social media company pushes a button and you're gone, who do you complain to? What court do you go to? You, it's That's even more terrifying to me. So the, the big risk is with the platform like uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and they can censor people like you, like me. And they probably wouldn't censor you because I think you're, you've, you're careful in how you phrase things and you're you're mainstream enough. I mean, you were you were an MP, you were a cabinet minister. I don't think they would try and take you down. Although never say never, they, they're slowly moving in. They started with Alex Jones and yeah. Tommy Robinson, and they're moving in and moving. We uh, were censored on Twitter from time to time, on Facebook from time to time. Um, What is the solution? What is our solution for that? Do we have another uh, other alternative? Well, I, in some ways, the hope comes from the fact that most of these companies are based in the United States, and they wouldn't want Canada to censor them. So if Stephen Gilbo or Justin Trudeau try and censor Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, they might say, no thanks, we'll make a USMCA, a NAFTA complaint. That's I'm actually hoping that Americans save my free speech, since I don't see a lot of Canadian champions for it. And the Conservative Party, right now, it doesn't really have an identity, so I don't know who the next leader will be. I certainly hope they make free speech part of it. How can you lose if free speech is part of your platform? Yeah. Even liberals would say, well, I, I like that about it. Yeah. And I just and it's not just principle, it's self-preservation. Um, it's the conservatives who will be censored. So I, I truly wish that the new conservative leader, whoever it is, is very strong on free speech. That would in, inspire the base. But if you look at the, what they did in the past, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Michael Cooper. You know, Michael Cooper in a committee uh, meeting in Parliament uh, asked a question, and he decided to rewrite history. And the conservative and the liberals voted to rewrite the report. Yeah. Uh, oh, the report that. don't get me started. And and they're and under Andrew Shear, they were engaged in cancel culture against yeah. Rebel News. Now, frankly, it was I, I didn't care that much. We we have more viewers than than ever. And if they didn't want to come on our channel to talk about the news, I, I think that probably hurt them, didn't cool. stop us from doing our work. I think conservatives or libertarians or anyone who believes in something, you have to show strength now because the other side is moving with uh, determination and certainty. That statement by Stephen Gilbo on Evan Solomon's yeah. show was not a gaffe. Perhaps he worded it poorly, but that's their meaning. That was this lengthy report. And I think that's what he believed in. I know him, you know, he was in Quebec, mm -hmm. a radical environmentalist uh, activist. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that, that's in mind, you know, regulate everything. Yeah. And uh, for, oh, for him, naturally, yeah. it's natural. Yeah. So he was honest about what he yeah. think at that time, oh, what yeah. he thought at that time. Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, 
And I think we have to make that the first fight because if you give up the freedom of speech, everything else flows from that. What use is an election campaign if you don't have a spectrum of free speech? Yeah. What use are your other freedoms? And and I'm worried about that. And the the other side has a critical mass in the legacy media. I'm glad you're starting a YouTube channel as a way to fight back. Yeah, but speaking about fighting back, you are in a fight right now with uh, election Canada commissioner and uh, our former RCMP officers that are working with them yeah. uh, and with Trudeau to uh, because you publish a book uh, and during the election time um, and it's a very very popular book and congratulations for that. That wasn't your first one. Uh, what's the title? The Lebranos. Uh, yeah. It's a joke on the Sopranos. So yeah. not everyone even understands the title. I was implying that Trudeau has shown corruption. Yeah. And so it, the book isn't that dramatic. It's not that radical a book. Yeah. It's nothing you or I haven't said, or even the Conservative Party hasn't said a hundred times. It, it's In fact, a lot of it is just from the public record. I just put it all together in one book. Yeah. But it sold well. It went to number two on the bestseller list. Uh, more than the pro-Trudeau books, which shows people wanted the other side of the story. Yeah, That's our motto at Rebel News, telling the other side of the story. Yeah. And people wanted to hear the other side. So everything was fine. We had a lot of fun. The yeah. book sold well. And then over Christmas, I got a letter by registered mail from the Commissioner of Elections Canada saying that I had broken the law because it wasn't really a book. It was an election trick and I didn't register with the government. So the book, and we promoted the book through billboards and <clears throat> coffee mugs, and we had little lawn signs that said, that. buy the book. Yeah. They were fun lawn yeah. signs, but they said, buy the book. They only so shame on me, I didn't buy it, but I will not. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, the reason I say that is because the sign, the sign didn't say vote for Trudeau or vote for Andrew Scheer or vote for Maxine Burgundy. The sign said, had three words on it, buy the book. Yeah. It couldn't be clearer. And the law actually specifically allows books and the promotion of books. So whoever drafted the Canada Elections Act th thought about this and said, let's protect books and promotion of books. Yeah. Okay, good, that's what I did. But they they said I broke the law anyway, so I went into Elections Canada, and it's the first time in my life I've ever had a hidden camera on me. And I'm glad I did. Good for you, because I saw that, I saw that video, that was great. I knew that they were gonna say some things in there that if I just left the meeting and told people about it, people wouldn't believe me. Because yeah. it took me into a high security room, a closed windowless room, and these- In guys, Canada. Yeah, 30 year veterans of the RCMP, now working as federal investigators for the Elections Canada, and they asked me questions like, why did you time the book for the election? Did you think about registering the book with the government? Um, who do you hire at Rebel News? Why do you hire people who are critical of Justin Trudeau. None of those questions are appropriate for the government to ask. Yeah. I would answer all those questions if you asked me, yeah. if a friend at a bar asked me, hey, why did you do that, Ezra? I would answer as a friend. Yeah. But when the police ask you that, these are election police, they have yeah. powers, they have great power, they That's can prosecute, they can get search warrants. Um, I thought it was shocking, and even more shocking was the public reaction. Now the public was on my side. But other than Rex Murphy in the National Post, I have not seen a single journalist in Canada raise the alarm. Now, I, they don't have to like me. Yeah. They don't have to like my book. That's not the point. Try it another way. If Stephen Harper were Prime Minister 
and a left-wing author were called in and grilled, every journalist would be talking about it, including conservatives. This is what I mean. The left doesn't care about deplatforming and censorship. So that's a, a good example of what happened a couple of 20 years ago when you were at the Winston Standard and you published the uh, cartoon. Everybody, everybody were on your side. Even the CBC, believe it or not. I couldn't believe it. And now, because I was asking about you know, the evolution after 25 years, mm -hmm. and now that happened, everybody must be on your side. And, and even they're afraid. Even if they always started their comments with, I don't like Ezra, but... What? Okay, fine. I'm not looking for more friends. Yeah. But I want someone to stand up for free, the freedom of the press. The late Alan Borovoy, who used to run the Civil Liberties Association, he was quite a character. He, he truly believed in freedom, even for people he didn't like. Yeah. And he would say it this way. He would say, if you want freedom of speech for yourself, it's the gift you have to give to your opponent. That's the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah. It's so hard to give to someone you don't yeah. like the rights and the freedoms. Uh, but, but if you don't do that, you're not going to have them either. And so people might not like me, and that's fine. But if the police can grill me for an hour about my book, yeah. which was a real book, yeah. and actually, since I was grilled, my book went to number one. Yeah, that's people, why. Which is crazy. The election's over, but everyone wants, oh, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? Why is Trudeau want to ban? That goes to my point that people want to hear the other side of the story. I'm not saying everyone agrees with my book, but they want the right to be able to read it. And, and, and me as a politician, I think you're right. The people want to have politicians that will speak the truth what they believe in, with passion, with conviction. And that's what we're doing, you know. We're not afraid to say, you know, there's no climate emergency and speaking about subject that other political parties won't speak about it. And that's what I like in politics. But we want, and if we can help you, because you will, you are fighting right now against that. And, and I think you have a lawyer with you right now. Uh, if our viewers can help you, what can they do? Well, thank you very much. We have a little website called saverebelnews.com. Okay. And you can see the, the entire undercover video. You can see our lawyer's letter on uh, a week or so ago. Our lawyer sent a letter to the election commissioner pointing out how they're breaking the law. They didn't, they didn't do, follow even their own rules. Um, I was hoping my lawyers just could growl and scare them off, but I don't think they're scared because they have unlimited resources. Very quick story. I know you're pressed for time, but during the election itself, yeah. for the first time, the government ran the leaders' debates, as you know. Yeah, so you yeah, to, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, so the government decided they, they were in charge of accrediting the press, and they kept two of our reporters out and one more from uh, True North. So we had to go to court in an emergency to get a judge to order the government to let our reporters in. So we hired two lawyers. We spent $18,000. They worked all weekend. They rushed to court on Monday, the day of the debates, the day of the debates. And we won. And our reporters got in. It was great. The government said. And, and was able to ask questions. Yeah. Because, yeah. They, they, asked they, had, they asked questions to myself and other. I, I was can so tell proud you that were there. The other leaders were not so happy to answer the questions. No. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They should be uncomfortable. Yeah. But here's my point. We had two lawyers. And they charged me $18,000. Which is actually fair. They yeah. worked so hard and so yeah. long. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, that's actually modest. You you would know. Yeah. Lawyers can be very expensive. Yeah, the government sent five lawyers, and it recently was published 
that they spent $131,000 in one day. Like we, we applied to the court on the weekend electronically. The hearing was on Monday. 131 grand. So Trudeau lost, but he doesn't care. It's not his money. Yeah. We won, yeah. but we had to spend 18,000. So we're going to fight this again. I think we're going to win again. So what is the website again? Saverebelnews.com. And if, if I'm convicted, yeah. I don't think I would be sent to jail, but I would surely be fined. And I don't know what other bad things would happen. I don't think Canada's at the point where they would put me in jail. But maybe if I didn't pay the fine, they would hold me in contempt of court and I'd be jailed for that. I've seen that happen in the United Kingdom. Yeah. No, it's it, it's too bad that happened here to you also. Uh, you are real freedom fighters and that's another demonstration. But it's too bad that you had to fight. Yeah. It's supposed to be normal to be able to publish a book uh, a little bit criticizing the government during election time. And there's a lot of books, like you said, that was pro-Justin Trudeau and pro-government. 23. <laughs> They were and they told me this at Elections Canada. They had counted. I, they were searching. They were snooping. They said there were 24 books published. Mine and 23 pro Trudeau books. And what happened to the other? I, and I asked the police that. I said, "Have you? Are you investigating anyone else?" And they said, "No." Would you like to make a complaint? No, I don't want to make a complaint. They, like they were, they were implying that maybe they would. Do I want to become a censor too? Yes. No, I don't. No, no, no. And I think you asked for the, the, the more and more details about the complaint and all that. Well, they wouldn't show it to me. I mean, they, so I went to Ottawa. I, I live in Toronto now. I went to Ottawa. I go to this building. I'm ready to answer questions, maybe. Yeah. I said, okay, show me the complaint because I don't know who complained. I don't know what I did exactly. I don't know when. Can I please see? When you get, when you get stopped for speeding by a policeman, he says you were speeding 120 That's in a 100 true. zone. I'm the policeman, here's the time, here's my radar gun, here's what you did wrong. Okay, so either I'm guilty or I find it, yeah. but I can see on the ticket what yeah. you said I did wrong, exactly who yeah. the policeman is, exactly what law I suppose. They wouldn't show me the complaint and I asked for it about four times and, I, and they said it was a secret. And how do we do, How? that's not Canadian, in my mind, in Canada, you have open processes, you have transparency, you have the right to meet your accuser or face your accuser. That's not, it's so strange, but they were so certain that I was guilty. I think they might prosecute. And in that case, fine. Let's take this to a court yeah. and let's have it out and let the whole country see how far we've gone. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope it won't go there. I, I, I hope that, the, you know, it's... The state doing that to an author to in 2020, it's incredible. So uh, we we are, we will follow your uh, your fight, and um, I wish you big success because you're not fighting only for yourself. You're fighting for every Canadian, and and I appreciate that. So if people you can help, go to the website and uh, you know be generous. I, it's about freedom, freedom of speech here in Canada. And I was very pleased to have you on my first show, Ezra. And, um, you know, we'll have another show next week. So stay tuned. Ezra, thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thanks. People used to say there were two solitudes in this country, the French and the English. 
For decades, Canada was on the verge of breaking up because of Quebec separatism. Well, in retrospect, these were much simpler times because Canada has never been more divided than it is today. We don't only have two solitudes, we have dozens, hundreds. We're not just divided by language. Our government is doing everything it can to divide us by race, skin color, culture, religion, sex, and gender. Justin Trudeau keeps saying diversity is our strength. But we all know this is ridiculous. Mass immigration and official multiculturalism are turning us into a collection of tribes with less and less in common. Trudeau has created massive division, East versus West, provinces that want pipelines and provinces that don't. And now there is a radicalized minority of activists who are willing to break the law and paralyze the country to stop a pipeline that most indigenous people actually support. We've been told for years by our political, media, and academic elites that Canada has no common interest and no unified identity, that our society is fundamentally racist, supremacist, unjust, oppressive, and destructive of the environment. Should we be surprised today if all sorts of radicalized groups think they are justified in trying to destroy our way of life and our society? Chaos, legal breakdown, economic paralysis, and balkanization. That's what awaits us if this political circus continues.